in the we're in the pubes hotel room okay and he's in the bathroom he's in the bathroom and i don't know what he's doing with his who are you talking about sims oh the old stu gods oh my gosh he's the old the old the old fake flush maybe i don't know i hope it was real what the old fake flush, because I think you might have had your right hand in use in there doing something else. <laughs> Not sure. After 70 quarterbacks, we have made our way to Miami, and we have the one and only Stu Gotts joining us in the famous Levitard Stu Gotts hotel room. I didn't even realize. Yes. I didn't even know you guys had your own room. Uh, we do. Well, it's really Dan's room. I mean, it's not my room. It's Levitard's room. I just uh, I occupy it every morning and uh, take care of my business. And, yeah. Uh, Leave a little gift. I left Sims a gift this morning. I usually really? leave him for Levitard. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. on the show, you guys are talking, and Dan said he found your pubes. I just, I found this. This is the woman that cleaned up your pubes today, Alicia. Alicia oh, poor yeah. Alicia. So Jeez. here's the thing. Are we certain they were my pubes because your producer was here? Right. Lefko, you were in this right. room. Sims, you've been hanging out in this room. We know it wasn't me because I'm a different color than you yeah. guys. Okay, okay. So it could be Lefko. He's hairy. than mine. It could definitely be your producer. Oh, definitely. He's got uh, hair falling off everything. It could be, right? It could be the cleaning person. Right, <laughs> these are all still options. I I'm, can't believe I'm going here. with Stugatz. I'm down with blaming Alina. Like I'm good with that. Is that's that her a, name? A thing. <laughs> no, it's not. It's Alicia or Alina or okay. something. Uh, what What have you learned about Sims during this entire time, man? It's been like three months. Um, the coolest thing I've learned about Sims, to be honest with you, is because you don't get this left go with a lot of. Uh, with a lot of former athletes, is Sims does not take himself seriously. At all. At all. And I am telling you, as someone who took himself very seriously when I first got started out uh, in this business and wanted to be like the next Mike Francesa or Chris sure. Russo, um, and now turning into someone who is mocking the person I wanted to be, <laughs> it's like Dan taught me this from day one. Do not take yourself so seriously. And think about what we're talking about. We're talking about sports. Does Chris Sims know more about quarterback play than the average guy in his car? Yes. But the average guy in his car has a voice too, right? Yes, definitely. And he can write the top 60 quarterbacks right. and the top five quarterbacks and disagree with Chris Sims. And yep. I think that's why we, got, we all got into this business is because of conversations we had like that, either with our dads, with our friends. Uh, in my case, it was my dad, my brother, my yeah. friends. It was people who didn't want to have the conversations. I was just boring them with, with sports talk. But Dan <laughs> taught me not to take myself so seriously. And once I fully embraced that, um, because we're talking about sports and – uh, once I fully embraced that, that's kind of where it really took off. So I was surprised, for me at least, so I was surprised to see uh, and learn that Chris does not take himself seriously because I think that's a big key to, to making it. His business. height and Thanks. his lack of taking things serious are what shocks most people. Is yeah. that what shocks most people? Well, yeah, everyone walks in, they go, hey, you're fucking taller than I thought you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, funny yes. how many people say that to me. I don't, I, it's, it's, and I guess they don't know the going rate of the the starting quarterback. What in the did NFL. you learn about Stu Gatz? Oh gosh, what did I learn about <laughs> Stu Gatz? Let, Let it fly, Sims. Let gosh, it fly. By the way, Sims does. I said this on the show today. Yes. 
just based on physical appearance, yeah. he looks like he should have had a better career in the NFL. De- right? Definitely. I He's mean, like a prototypical quarterback. I know. Holy what fuck. a fucking waste of a career I had. Especially when we hear like the Sam Bradford numbers and like all these like guaranteed. That kills 20. me. I mean, it kills me. It just, I see Sam Bradford's got 120 million in the bank. They're like, like, yeah, but he throws a mean spiral. Like, he Sims does. fucking threw a mean spiral. Well, wait, because million. the rules have changed a lot on Sims since you retired. Yeah. So in today's NFL, you're completely healthy. In today's NFL, what are you doing? Uh, it, um, like what, what rank yourself in today's NFL if you're playing quarterback I'd like to think I'm at least in the top half of the starters and my if I could have re- reach my potential so that's I top have, 16 I will I mean listen I, I have him at 70 I mean. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you steal my thunder uh, no I uh that's I what's two guys I steals. had the yes. potential to be very good I, I didn't get a chance to prove that yeah. it'll be the thing I go to the grave with that I'm always have to be like sure. bothered with it's gonna be like my life lesson the fact that the thing I felt like I was most gifted at, I didn't really get to show everybody that. Who gives a shit at the end of the day? Uh, I still got a lot of things to be like really happy about. But like yeah. getting back to Stagats and what I learned about yeah, him. Yeah, let me hear oh, that. I mean, wow, does he say the word wow a lot? Oh, that's his number one word. Wow. I mean, I don't, when we what play, would you say your 70th best word is? If um, wow's number one. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow, he gave me that. I did that. <laughs> that is a good question. Se- I don't know 70 words. 70 the word is aspect. Then, that is the 70th or best like word. the fact that he is amazing at not really yep. listening mm-hmm. and yet listening. Which is incredible. Yeah. Because our listeners and Sims always get mad at me because I interrupt and I don't always listen. Sure. He might be more advanced than I am. He, I mean, in he, the not listening, at game. the Colin Kaepernick mark, where I said this is would where this is where Colin Kaepernick would be. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Stu Gott's follow up question was. So where would you have Colin Kaepernick ranked? What's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> no, because you I, listen, you guys got to you, you witnessed, you watched the show yeah. today. So you saw it on the fly. So occasionally I'll get trapped there, right? Where I'm actually not listening. Right. Like really not listening. Right. But it's a it's a tough thing to kind of balance because I give off the appearance that I'm not listening. And there are there are times where I'm sh- Listen, straight not listening to Dan, all right? Because I'm either not interested in what yeah. it is that he's saying or my mind has wandered off to the top five quarterbacks uh, in the NFL. But I give the appearance, like if you're watching on TV, it looks like I'm never listening, but you guys saw it firsthand, oh, what yeah. I'm really doing. There's a whole zoo behind you guys. Well, I'm talking to Mike in the shipping yeah. container. Yeah. The entire show, essentially, advancing conversation and really uh, trying to set up lines that are going to be funny. And it might be... You know, a line that's five minutes down the road, but we're setting it up constantly. The show is done by the seat of our pants. All right, so I want to know, what would Stugatz have done? We are on the flight down to Miami. Yeah. We're going in. Sims and I got hooked up with some pretty good seats on the plane. Yes. We're walking in, and who's sitting a row in front of us? Jeb Bush. Really? At Sims walks up to him goes, hey, know your brother, went to school with your nieces, just want to say, you know, really appreciate you, man. I'm kind of a big deal around here. And the guy goes, who the fuck is going to know the president of the United States and my nieces? And he looks over and he goes, you're too young to be at Texas right now. And I'm pretty sure that Jeb spent the entire flight not knowing who he was. And he goes to Sims afterwards, he goes, so you're a, a talking head, huh? And Sims in his head thought that there was a show on NBC called Talking Heads. Right. And was like, I don't know. He goes, no, I'm, I'm saying that you talk on television. That was my inner Stugatz right there. That was my inner Stugatz. But Stugatz. I'm just curious, a little bit if, of Stugatz in everyone. you I walk that. onto an airplane. The Stugatz is strong in Sims. I got to be honest with you, man. It's insanely really strong. Is. It I, is strong. Yes. You yes. walk onto a plane and you see Jeb Bush. What are you doing? Oh, wow. Um, 
probably something similar to what Chris did, although none of it would have been true. But I would have like come up with some fun. sort of connection to point. say, right, I yes. know a guy that you know. I know a guy you know. And then I, I was anyone sitting next to Jeb Bush? Yeah, uh, like I think I, his right-hand man. His right, yeah, Somebody was sitting next to him. He was like right there, and I was sitting two seats to his left in right. first class. So I just felt like I was obligated to say hello. I really wanted to say Damn, you put us in this mess right now. <laughs> Why did you I say that? Saved us. I couldn't say that. I would have figured out a way to kind of pony up right next to Jeb Bush for the entire flight. And then yeah. I would have worked. I don't know what angles I would have worked from there, but there's always an angle to be worked. And I would have, like, he and I would be in business by the end of the flight. That's I don't I think he you. even knew who I was post, post-flight. I still you just got to come out like, and tell him. I think this guy to his right looked you up. Oh, you think so? Yeah. And then they he, told him. He had, like, the little knowledge look in his eye. Yeah, okay. Were you insulted? Okay. Did you feel bad? Not like, at all. I mean, again. Because he would have known your dad, I'm not that young. <laughs> How's your father? Most people ask him if he still plays for the Jets. Are you still playing? No, I've been done for almost a decade now. <laughs> Do they really think that he played? They for think the, he's. They, they, they he's sometimes are not sure. They're, are you the kid? Are you the Sims that played for the Jets? Or no, I'm the one that lost the spleen. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, the spleen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is that the connection point people make with you? I mean, it's my claim. To Wait, fame. but more so with more so than dad, it's the spleen. <laughs> Yeah, it could be almost simultaneous. It's usually like once they figure out I'm a Sims and that I'm Sim, Phil Sims' son, then it becomes, oh, wait, are you the one that lost the spleen? And that's where it goes. Because they all look too similar. Right. Like uh, they're all blonde albinos really that are six foot five. Wait, when did you know? I just want to know, when did you know you wanted to get into this business? I mean, you were Johnny wow. Lacrosse, right? Yep. Yes, I was. Okay, you grew up in Long Island. Yep. Uh, and... You you've said you you know you grew up listening to Mike and the Mad Dog yeah. and doing all that just like I did. Mm-hmm. You so you obviously had something there about it. But what kind of took you this whole route? Um, it's interesting because I'll, I'll tie all those things together because yeah. my dad picked me up from lacrosse practice one right. day one afternoon and uh, and we're driving home together. We stopped at at one of our favorite places, a place called Hickory's in Port Washington, to get dinner. Uh, on the way home, and I was so hungry, I'm kind of eating on the way home, okay? And we're listening to Mike and the Mad Dog. Yeah. And now this is like right when Mike and the Mad Dog came out, right? And so WFAN is is the first 24-hour sports radio station, at least that that I was listening to. I mean, maybe there was another one before that. I think it was the first 24-hour. Yeah, I think hour. it's the first one ever. I don't remember another one being publicized like that. Right, so yeah. it was out. I mean, so FAN was out for a little while before Mike and Chris were put together right. uh, and started doing afternoons. So I remember... Uh, driving home with my dad from that lacrosse practice. I was 16, yeah, 16 years old, and I heard Mike and Chris. And I'm like, and I love sports, and I'm not shy. And, you know, you're kind of at that point in your life where you're thinking about college and maybe, you know, some of the things that you might be interested in doing uh, with the rest of your life. And, but I heard these two guys, and, and Chris, they sounded like I sounded. They sounded the way I sound. They, they sounded like me and my friends just sitting around having right. a conversation. right. About sports, it wasn't former athletes. It was, you know, big was, time sports fans. Well, yeah, it was a slightly overweight gas bag on one side and a schleppy, you know, Mad Dog Russo on the other side. Yelling and it just his brains out. Yeah, it, and it just clicked and it worked. And for me, it really resonated because I was kind of like Russo, like the conversations that I would have with my dad about, you know, all time NBA team. Right. I was always like the, you know, very energetic, passionate, trying to make my points. And my dad was very smart, reserved and very even killed. And it it felt like, you know, listening to Mike and Chris felt like me and my dad having a conversation. So I remember I'm eating a hot dog and I can't get the words out because my mouth is full of uh, full of pork. And I'm pointing at the radio. I'm pointing. And my dad's going, what, what? Swallow your food. And I said, Dad, who are these guys? And he explained to me who they were. Right. And I said, are they getting paid for this? And my dad said, yeah, they're probably getting paid well for this. Yeah. And I pointed at the radio. I said, that's what I want to do. 
I just said, like that. Man, just so like, I said, there. I said, Dad, I love sports. I love talk radio. Yeah. And I can communicate uh, fairly well. And, uh, and I'm not shy. I said, that's what I want to do. And I knew right then and there. And so from there, I just kind of pursued it relentlessly. But, uh, and what was your first gig? Ooh, uh, I was, I interned, well, in college, I interned very briefly at, at WEI. And then I, and then I interned, I moved down here because my college roommate down here in South Florida, because my college roommate, uh, was w- from down here. WEI. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very brief. Cause I went yeah, to school in right. Worcester right outside of Boston. So the first real kind of gig I had was an internship at WQAM, which is a local station down in Miami. Um, they didn't have a job for me at the time. And I moved back up to, uh, moved back up to New York and then they called me like a year later and they said uh and I'm just like I'm starting to get my career going not in broadcasting I'm doing like sales for the Knicks and the Rangers and um and they called me and they like a year later and they said hey we got a job for you and I said uh all right what do you got they said executive producer Hank Goldberg show hammer and Hank now Hank knew your dad very yeah, well. Sure. The amount of times I had to get your dad on the phone with Hank when I was producing dad the show. loved Hank. Of course. Everyone loved Hank. And yeah. Hank at the time was like Sports Illustrated. Sports Radio had just really exploded. And Sports Illustrated did an article in which they ranked like the top 25, the power 25 uh, sports talk host guys. And Hank was one of them. Hank sure. was a big deal back then. Yeah. So um, I said, yeah. I go, well, what does it pay? And they're like three seventy five an hour. And uh, but I knew like, listen, you got to get your foot in the door. And yes. this was this was my big opportunity. So uh, I packed this stuff back up and, and moved down to South Florida. And uh, so that was my first job. The executive producer of the Hank Goldberg. And now team. you have a freaking army. Three. Well, and now I have an army. Three, yeah. But thanks to Hank, he gave me the name. But, like Hank gave me this. But name. So explain to everybody, too, because I didn't even Google this part. I didn't want to know. I wanted to actually just find out like what. So then where like you and Levitard, where do you finally sync up meet? And go I imagine there. it was at the party, and, and they walk in, and <laughs> Levitard's got like a, a crowd around him, and they're they're hanging on every word, and Stu Gatz is like fumbling on himself, and he has his own crowd, and they both at the same time made the same point, and they locked eyes. Absolutely not. That was it. That was it. <laughs> um, it was romance. You know, the funny thing about, about how Dan and I came together is I always, so producing Hank's show, Hank's entire show literally at times was just... Using Dan's columns for the Herald right. as content. Uh, Using Dan as content. Yes. Right. And ripping them. Just never agreeing with anything Dan said. And I said, wow, if this guy in print can make Hank this mad right. and provide content almost on a daily basis for Hank, sure. there's got to be something good here. Now, I didn't know Dan, um, but I was getting him, you know, I would, I would get him on the show occasionally. I think he stopped coming on after a certain amount of time because Hank was just relentless. Killing him, right. And he was killing the Herald, too. And anyone who knows Dan is like... Dan's as loyal as they come. And so, like, you're killing the Herald, then, tell, then you're killing Levitard. Yeah. And so, and, but the other shows had him on. And so, long story short, while I was working at WQAM, I've always had, like, entrepreneurial spirit. I always have, and, and I always will. But I'm thinking, you know, other markets have two sports radio stations, and we're a major market. Even though it's not the best sports town and people make fun of Miami all the time, I'm thinking there's got to be a market here for a younger, hipper sports radio station. And uh, so I got some investors together and some people together, and we started 790 The Ticket. And um, I wanted to start, you know, there's no way I'm starting that station without Levitard in the afternoons. I said to myself, like, I wrote down, I still have the original piece of paper where I wrote down the original lineup. Yeah, the way I wanted it to be. And uh, I wanted Dan because of what we just talked about with Hank. and, And then I had enough people who were mutual friends who told me, hey, there's a really... 
uh, funny side to Dan, a, a, uh, a you know, really cool side to Dan, a, a loyal side to Dan that just doesn't come out in print. Right. And he's articulate and he's smart and he thinks unlike any other sports columnist out there. And I'm thinking, wow, this guy would be perfect, right? Different, young, hip, sports radio. And so, uh, so Boog Shambi, who does, who's the voice of Sunday Night Baseball and is a mutual friend, he connected us. I, the first time I met Dan was at a Starbucks in, in Pembroke Pines, which is about 30 minutes north of where we are right now. And I pitched him the idea. Dan always loved underdogs. He didn't like WQAM because they attacked him and his paper for years. Right. Uh, so he liked the idea of, yeah, let's take those guys yeah, down. Take them down. Yeah. yeah, let's take them down. And so uh, we talked for about an hour and Dan said, I'm in. Let's go. Afternoon drive. And, uh, and that was it. Now, he was doing it by himself because I was doing middays. And uh, I was also the vice president and general manager of the radio Holy station. Shit, I know there's a lot of stuff going on. So um, probably in hindsight, not the best idea to be the GM telling other shows what they should and shouldn't say. And then going and then on the do- radio and tell and doing the exact opposite of what I just told them. <laughs> but that, that's awesome. And that's doing that. That is, that is exactly <laughs> yeah. right. That is Stugatz. It's very Stugatz. So, uh, so Dan calls me like a week before we launched the station. He said, hey, I, I got some bad news for you. And I'm like freaking out. And I'm like, what's going on? And he said, I don't want to do the show alone. Ooh. And I'm very specific and picky as to who I work with. And I'm like, all right, who do you want to work with? I'll go get him right now. And he said, well, I wanted to work with Boog, but he's not available because he was working at the competing station at the time. Right. Not competes. He was doing Marlins baseball, so we couldn't get him. He goes, but I trust Boog, and Boog told me to go with you. Wow. So he goes, you're doing afternoon drives with me, or I'm not doing it, essentially. And I said, well, I'm doing midday. <laughs> and he goes, I guess you got to get yourself a new midday show. That's and awesome. so I got myself a new midday show. And then wow. I uh, listen in high at the time because I wanted to do my own show. Right. At the time, I was thinking, man, I want to do my own show. But armed with hindsight now, 15 years later and landing at ESPN, it's, it's the best call I ever got. Like, right. Like it's the best. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. So, yeah. we, uh, you know, we, we did the show and we started an afternoon drive and it was terrible at first. And then, it, you know, we, we both kind of figured out. Uh, the right formula, and 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 then you and add the storage container. Then you add Mike, yeah. and you add. We Guillermo. had fans of the show. I mean, those guys are fans of the show. That's how it started. All the guys who work on our show, right. at some point, at some level, were fans of our show, and big enough fans where they because yeah, they're all from this area, all from this area, and they just listen to you guys. Yes, and we're like, I want to work with them. One hundred. That's it. Fuck I mean, literally, they live that, it every day. You that, can see hear that? Yeah. They go. listen to every word coming out of your mouth. Well, I, Mike Ryan was such a avid listener of our show love the show so he's much he just was he is no right. he's great like just I, listening to him talk while you guys were doing the show today i was like oh this is the secret sauce right over. here he is holy over. fuck well here here here's the most impressive and Lefko, you and i talked about this off air a while ago i can relate to them in a way that sims can't relate to your producers that dan can't relate to our producers because i've done their jobs mm. i know what they're going through i know how difficult it is and so, and I'm constantly, the producer in me is, and you guys saw a bit of it today, I'm producing on the fly. And we're producing on the fly. But um, Mike's come a long way, man. It's, uh, I, I said, if anyone's ever had experience producing and, and left go, yeah. I, have you ever done any of this stuff? Yeah, okay. for sure. You're not just riding Sims' coattails no. here, getting first class, oh, sitting next to Jeff Bush. he's just riding my coattails, <laughs> getting, getting a little draft oh, off the Sims. my shoulders are tired. But you I told Mike... <laughs> I, I, I listen. I love the fact you guys. I'm not going to curse. You guys can because if I curse once, yeah, really, like I'll start cursing on the show tomorrow. Yes, I'll and become you can, addicted. You can't to stop it. it. I can't stop. When's it. the last time you cursed? I mean, right before we came on air. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. But in you the just bathroom, have a thing you're holding your like this in the bathroom. But I told Mike the most, the single most impressive thing I've ever seen in radio happened like three weeks ago, where. 
And and the producers don't get enough credit as your producer is sitting to my left and shaking his head. Yes, yes, we don't get enough credit. We don't get paid enough. All that stuff been there. Three seventy five an hour. Okay, was my first job. <laughs> Three seventy five. But Mike, so we were doing something, and Mike had to get Tim Kirchin on the line and get Adam Schefter on the line. Holy moly! All while we're on air, right? And still listen to the show because he was involved in whatever conversation. Yeah, he's we playing were the music. He's doing the bumps. All that stuff. So this is like mid segment and. Dan said, get Kirchin. I said, get um, Schefter. Get Schefter. So Mike's, <laughs> I have the picture on my phone somewhere. Mike is leaned back in his chair. He's got his cell phone. He's on with Kirchin. He's got the landline. The, the, the phones are kind of crossed. The landline, he's on with Schefter. Dan and I are having a conversation. Somehow we got off on Patino and Louisville and everything happening there. So Mike's having these conversations, listening to our show. Dan says a Patino line. Uh, oh, it was vacating all the winds or something. Mike puts both phones down, leans into his microphone, puts it in my headset, not for air, in my ears, and says, that's a stake to the heart. The guy is booking two guests at once, man. listening to our conversation and giving me the best line of the segment. Yeah. And that's talent, man. I mean, man. It, 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 that is... And now people are going to sit there and go, what are you... Okay, big deal. It's not that big of a... I'm telling you, if you've it's never done it, it's a big deal. Because I can't... Let alone... I can't have one. Co- I can't have two conversations at once. Let alone listening to someone else's conversation and then giving our host, my host, the the best line of the segment. It's a, uh, it's a talent, man. He's a good. He's a he's a great producer. All right. So Sims's top five. Number one was Aaron Rodgers. Number right. two was Russell Wilson. Yes. Number three was Carson Wentz. Number four was Tom Brady. Number five was Matt Stafford. <clears throat> you guys have an interesting relationship with Matt Stafford. We do. We have always said on our show that Matt Stafford usually is number three for the NFL, but he's a top five quarterback. Right. I'm curious, you guys going back and forth, the disparity on Matt Stafford. Well, I, I, I mean... It, I would want to hear Stugatz's top five. I think it's like oh, worth worth hearing. Yeah, well, point. I'll give it to you. There's no yeah. disparity. I was proud. Like, I'm happy Sims went with Stafford at number five because when he signed that contract, Dan was railing against it. And right. Mike and I were saying, no, he's a really good quarterback. Like, he's a franchise quarterback. So we're with so it. It's why I wanted one. Stafford at number one because Dan's head would have exploded. Gotcha. Literally would have exploded. Yes, it would have. Like pieces of his head all over so the studio. So what did you not agree with on his list? He doesn't agree with having Wentz above Brady. I could tell by his reaction there. And I, listen, I I'm a tortured Jet fan, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. And it, Jet that's fan. The, it's debatable. I get that. I'm just, well, that was I'm when we were Wentz. finalizing your list. Right. When you were like, "Let's go." I'm stuck. Let's just put it out. Yeah, there. Yeah, go ahead. You were like, "I'm stuck." Is oh, it Brady are you peeling back Wentz? the curtain right yeah, now? Yeah. This is well, great. Well, because we were sitting there on Friday, and we're and he's like, "Man, I I don't know. Is it Wentz three or Brady three? And back and forth. Like I had Wentz three from the start, right? But I made the list before Wentz got hurt. That's what. So it, okay. at that point, yeah, the list started December fourth. Yeah, was that when it was? Yes. Right. So it was. It was the week before he got hurt. But then maybe. I just said, I, "This is how it goes with Sims." He starts thinking about how people are going to react. I say, "No, who do you fucking believe is number three? And he's like, "It's Carson Wentz." But that's the big difference. Well, yeah, but it got the reaction that I think. Holy I, yeah, I know. Right, it worked out Dan, for everyone. Dan's right? eyes like glazed over to a point where I couldn't <laughs> sense his emotion. Like usually, I could tell right. like how he feels. That one, he went. I, I just don't even know. Well, I mean, but you're basing it just on this past season. Yes, exactly. Dan was, that was genuine. Like, Dan yes. was enraged right. at Sims. Right. Um, 
I think I'm kind of, if you're just going to base it on last season, I think I'm kind of okay with that. Thanks, Ooh. man. Thanks. You know? I mean, we're Stugat. You got the Stugat stamp of approval. Oh, well, I mean, we're, we have a I, lot of similarities. Yeah. Can you dispute that he was the best quarterback in the NFL until he got hurt? He may have been number one. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. He, he, it's no doubt. Right. He's in that question. I mean, he Here's what I've learned. I've learned to have. trust Sims, though. I have. Like, the great thing about Sims, he doesn't take himself seriously, but... We realized this early on. Yeah. Like, Sims is good at this. Like, really, Co- really good at this. Because I was thinking, how are we going to get through 69 more days? Yeah. This, is, this is insane. <laughs> just, but then he, he didn't take himself seriously, and his analysis was like, was spot on. I think when right? Cody challenged him, when he had Eli at 38, and there were actual like statistics and stuff to back it up. But what you just said is something that I've been marveling at for the last fucking four years. He has gems. His analysis is unbiased and it's completely truthful. But the problem is they go, oh, well, your dad played in the NFL and you didn't last for that long. And I can't trust someone that didn't win a Super Bowl. Right. Like That's our weird fucking media landscape. Yes. Is, unless you won a Super Bowl or like you you're not the, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, like what I can't you know? listen to you. And I've just been like, look, we're going to sit over here getting smarter because I get to talk to this dude every day. Right. But people can't. They just can't wrap their brains around. It. I know. I'm that guy, though, by the way, like um. I'm kind of that guy, like no rings and you haven't really done anything, but Wentz yeah. hasn't had that much time to do it. Right. So, right. I mean, does Man. he get a ring? Does, does, does Wentz have a ring this year? Yes. Like he gets a ring because I have a personal record, a ring book in your personal record book. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good question. I'm actually thinking about it right now. He did get the team to, Hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, he essentially got he them locked up. He was, he home was, field advantage. they were, yes. I mean that Rams game where he got hurt, wow. but, yeah, it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, him and now does Foles get a ring? Because if Foles can win with that with that team, then anyone can win with that team. Now I'm confused. Now I don't think Foles gets a ring, and maybe Wentz doesn't well, get a it's, ring it's, either. It's, it's, that's the point Trey of the whole conversation. the only one that gets a ring. The, <laughs> the whole conversation. That's the point of it. We've put quarterbacks into this, oh, if you don't have Tom Brady or the yeah. guy, right. then your team can't win, yet there's 51 other guys I, on the team. I love what you said. You said this a couple of times as we went down this list, but you said it today specifically that all these guys, Stafford, all the guys who haven't won, they are Super Bowl winning uh, quarterbacks. They right. just have had the right team around, yeah. team around him. Like if Stafford plays with the Patriots, how many does he have the same amount of Super Bowls? I, I think so. Yes, really, I do. Cam I, Newton, same yeah. deal. Yeah, listen, I, I say this. I look at New England's su- Super Bowl run, and I'll just say this real quick. This is a really distracting seat because I see keep seeing girls walking to the beach. Right. We, oh are, my he, God. We, we might want to tell the people we're in a hotel room in the Cleveland. Their spring break is going on. Is. I have oh my, my back. Gosh. I have my back to the action. Sims is we looking are on the third floor so at a have pool some full of beautiful women. I, the <laughs> pool and then the the pathway to and the they're beach. naked. All of them. Oh my god! And there's Levitard the- naked out there as well. My <laughs> oh god! Oh my gosh! And the waitress's outfits when we walked in. What? It was crazy. They were wearing thongs at 9.30 this morning. My only thing is we walked in and we're in the Clevelander and the TVs are on. I'm like, I'm going to see Stugatz's face everywhere. You're right. not on a single fucking nah, screen. Nah. How do it's, they do it's that? It's first nah. take and yes. it's sports center. Yeah, well, ESPN, you. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> I, I want. No, I don't know why they do that, man. It's like, I was, I was, come on. It's not even on in our in no. our little studio there. No. It's, we don't even have it on there because we, 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 we have first take on. Keep you guys humble. We're going to keep you humble. We have first take on. I can't watch myself on TV anyway. It's Oh, yeah, can you, you listen to yourself? You, you do it. You don't want to, right? I don't like to listen to myself. So I, so, so it's funny because I, I already see your producer because he knows me well enough to know that <laughs> he's, he's calling BS on me. <laughs> Uh, because you're right. Actually, you know what? You're right. I just lied to both of you. I do watch myself often. How I fucking fast, dare you? I fast forward through all the Levitard parts and just stop when I start talking. This, this guy's good. This guy's great. This guy's he's a good looking guy and he's got great points. Um, but no, it, it is hard. Like, do you guys? I find it watching. I watch occasionally, mm. beca- and, I, and Dan knows this. I always say, 
things that we do that felt great, that felt funny, aren't nearly as funny, usually aren't nearly as funny as we thought they were. Yep. And things that we do that were really bad, usually, if you go funny. back and watch yes. them back, they weren't nearly as bad as, as you thought they were. And then I also watched to see how we could have done some stuff oh, yeah. a little bit better. I know Mike does the same thing. Um, the but that's, those are the real reasons I'm, I'm kind of watching it back. The something. ones that you think that nailed, you never get that perfect camera shot that you saw in your eye. You Correct. know what I mean? Like yes. You're like, oh, Dan's reaction there was great. And then you rewatch it. It's on Guillermo. And right. you're like, God, that was the shit. Yes. Yeah. And it's like the medium ones. But I thought the way the show ended today with the confetti and all that. Oh, was the great. List, it did. It was I'm a, a celebration little, of Sims, man. I'm a little sad. I'm sad, too. I, I really mean, am. I mean, I was honored. Forget coming on the show and like being with these guys. The fact that there was like a ticker tape on the bottom of my top Oracle. seventy. Yes, that said the Oracle. Yes, yes, that was man. Well, what do we do now? Like, I don't, well, I wanted to ask. <laughs> well, I wanted to get Dan up here because Dan, we're waiting on Levitard. Yeah, he's coming. Fucking always, big time Levitard. We're always waiting on Levitard. Yeah, man. I mean, he's. An, I'll say this. I think that a lot of intelligent amazing. people that I've met, yeah. they're not really good at eye contact. And when they process things, like your eyes kind of go all over the place because you're thinking. You and Dan both have those eyes. Like Dan is up there and he's like, okay, we're going to cut that one. Did you get that take? All right, good. And then you're, while you're talking, you're like kind of all looking around. Just like high-functioning humans. Do you hang with him off? Like I have to be careful how much I want to hang out with Lefko. Why? Because it's a work-wife situation. It's a work-wife situation. I want it to be natural on camera or on the mic, whatever it may be. Like, I don't want to exercise all our conversation. This guy, if you get him in a room, I'm a I mean, you saw before the podcast. Yes. He wanted to do the podcast, and we hadn't turned on the fucking mic t- yet. And you were telling him to save it for save the podcast. The well, because in my mind, story. it's so perfect. Yeah. Right. Damn you. So all the good stuff happened before the podcast. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're late, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Dan and I... Backwash. Listen, Dan... So we're polar opposites, man. Like, we yeah. really are. Um he lives three blocks from here. I live, I live three counties from here. Um, Dan I, lives right in this area. He yes. lives three blocks. Yes. No, three blocks. His He's created a world phenomenal. in his house. At three blocks. If you're hearing resentment in my voice, it's because there's resentment in my voice. Three blocks. I'm driving an hour and a half to get here every day. The funny thing about that is I knew we were yeah, coming down him, here. Tell him. Chris heard this today. Dan and I were talking about during a break. I knew we were moving down here for like a good year. Rather than move closer to the studios, I move further away from the studios. So uh, Dan said, I don't want to hear any resentment. Like, nothing. Don't complain you about know. the drive. And yeah. yet I come in every morning complaining oh, about the drive. Oh, fucking yeah. traffic down here is bad. It's brutal. It's yeah. brutal. But we don't spend that much time together, um, in large part because I have kids and I'm married. And he's, uh, well, I should say he's single. He's got a girlfriend, but he's living three blocks away. And he's right. living on South Beach. And he's got an amazing pad. And he doesn't have kids to worry about. So. Here's what's funny is, so Man. I'm the Stugats now. But I'm realizing in their dynamic, I'm the Levitard. Definitely. I'm the one that's 100%. in Manhattan living three blocks away yes. with a girlfriend, and you're the one living in Connecticut yes. this whole time. Right. Damn. And me and Stugatz. You're the Stugatz. We're just keeping it real over here. Yep. Me and Stugatz. That's what we do. Yep. I was really eyeing up your chair today. And I think when I take your spot, it's going to be a little bit more comfortable. I'm going okay. to get a bigger one. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I just think that... I'll ride I, it out with Sims, dude. I'm, I'm s- good with that. <laughs> <laughs> what would happen? Levitard comes into work on Monday. He'd and kick I'm just you out, let's go. Yeah, he'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Let's <laughs> go. He Shut would up, kick you out. I only work with people I trust. What it's, were they, they calling you today? The band director? The mar- marching band? I was there? Millie rocking. Yeah. And then Dan thought that I was marching. You know what the other thing he does? does do they dress you ever? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, because this is a I just clothes from our apparel, I got it right good. I got in the radio, so I didn't have to wear a suit. I'm yeah. that serious. Uh-huh. That's why. I mean, it's one of the main reasons I got in the radio. I never. I promised myself I want to get a job in which I never have to dress up for. Like I don't want to wear a suit. I agree. I'm uncomfortable. I don't like ties, and so 
Um, and this is overdressed for me today. I dressed up for Sims. Oh, oh thank right. you. <laughs> I, I actually wore pants today, yes. I, I did that whole news reporter suit and tie. It's the worst. It's fucking awful. Yeah, let, let, let's stop here and wait for Levitard. You want to do that? Yeah, and right. let's keep it fresh. I mean, how many? How, how long can he talk? He's talked for four hours. We got. I mean, him. I can literally go for four, but yeah, I got gotcha. you. I wanted to ask him first about this. You know what he does there? I mean, it, that's oh, like the, it's like the tongue wag of Michael Jordan, except it's... Dan Levitard, one year hangout. You know, I, I, no, I, it's I, not that at all. It's that I'm old <laughs> and I've been. I've, Stugatz's headsets are so loud because for the last 15 years he's had them over his ears, right. and I don't put them on my ears because I saw him he, losing his hearing from the very beginning. This is an incredible universe that you have here. Like in the world of media, to have the TV show and the radio show and the pool party, like I've never seen anything like this in my life. Yeah, it's this crazy. Is wild. It's crazy. Um, I I don't. I'm not kidding you. When I walk in every day, I I want to crawl in with gratitude because I don't even understand this. As someone who's always wanted to represent Miami and sort of. Uh, Never wanted to leave Miami. Didn't have any interest in any of the stuff that came with the national stuff. I just wanted to be a Miami dude. And so when they come to me, ESPN was trying to get me, hey, how, how, how do we get this done so that you come work for us? And I'm like, I don't want to work for ESPN. I'm Miami. I want to do Miami. That's right. good enough for me. And they're like, but what if we created something for you that was more Miami than what mm. you already got, which is, you know, local columnist, afternoon drive time. And then they're like, you can work with your dad. Your brother will do the art on the show. It'll be a pool party. We'll put it at a bar even though we're Disney. You know, yeah. woo! And so <laughs> you're like, yeah, that's more Miami than what and I had. you just sit yeah. there and go, they're going to put my dad on TV? Like, this right. is... Like, I don't know how you pitched that. When did that even... Well, no, it's not... That's not... Look, man, good God, have we had a lot of help. Um, and I'd love to take credit as if there was some master plan. But really, the answer to your question is simply... ESPN needed a Hispanic show and I don't look or sound Hispanic enough. And so we were going, it's as gratuitous as that. Yeah. It's not any, it's not any great stroke of marketing genius or even like the starting point was that is that how do we put the Hispanic accent on ESPN? Do I want to feel say, weird right now. Yeah. Feel weird. Yeah, Cause yeah. you're not running the show. I, I mean, yeah. I, well, I feel, well, I feel weird because I, I mean don't. I mean that in a respectful way. No, I, mean, I feel, yeah. yes. No, that's not the part that yeah. I feel weird about. It's that the part that I feel weird about is these kinds of questions are not questions that are ever asked of me really? in interviews. That's right. not like, right. no, oh, because you guys, no, because you guys are, you guys are like legitimate fans of understanding yes. the stuff that we're doing. And so when people call me to do these kinds of things, it's usually to talk about, you know, what did you think of the Eagles winning the Super Bowl? Oh, right. And so the, my, I'm just sort of, uh, when the, the discomfort that you see off me is only and exclusively because I'm like, wow, this is, this looks like arriving when, when people are coming to interview you and wait to interview you to talk about this thing that they love and feel honored yeah. to talk about it when I just look at it as good God what a stupid fucking thing we do <laughs> laughing every day you're so every good day. at it every day you're so good and I'm gonna use alright he's bigger than I thought taller definitely yeah I mean, I, I did the full scouting report on him when he ran his little, like, 40-yard dash out here a few weeks <laughs> on TV. But, I mean, 
high calf muscle. Very I mean, high has, calf. Has legs like fitter, he's fitter, an athlete. Fitter, fitter than you thought. Definitely. I mean, not, not like sloppy. No, yes, no, sloppy. no. Square shoulders, right. big guy. Don't, don't, don't tell anybody. So this is where don't I want to go anybody. next with it. No, don't so ruin the fat I'm, jokes. I'm not going to ruin that anything else. It I'm, makes him relatable. Uh, but I'm like Mr. It makes me human instead of just a strident gas bag. I think I'm a professional at looking at naked men, Dan Levitard. I can scout them out and tell you ass, legs, what they look like, what they weigh. I'm not saying it looks good. I'm just saying it doesn't look as bad as people might think. think. Like, if I walk past you in the spa, you'd be like, no, that was that Dan Levitard? They might have to Google you. They're so impressed. But then I want to know, this would be my next scouting question, okay? Because I got to meet uh, Poppy today, of course, and he's got good size. But what does mom look like? Can I ask that? Like, Um, She must have a little size to her. Well, she used to. She used to have size to her, but she has like she's age, li- yeah. lost three three years in aging um three inches and in three inches yeah. excuse yes, me right. yes and not three years and so yeah no i'm sorry i got distracted lost three years too. You know, i mean think about what you just did to me you asked me a question that went and summoned my like greatest fears about my mom's mortality and i turned three inches into three years yeah so um yeah no i was just sort of so yeah, she you, was bigger though <laughs> so he, he's yes. gonna ask you that yes, question she was again. three three inches taller yeah. okay I, so stugatz was explaining to us what was so shocking about sims but i'm curious from your perspective you get this guy on He's a typical gas bag, talking head, former quarterback, dad played, had a whatever career. He's saying this abstract thing about Bortles. You have mom. When did it click for you that Sims is a little bit different than I thought he was going to well, be? Well, I think, I think he'll find this part flattering because I, uh, I find his father in some ways, and I mean this is no disrespect as someone who loves fathers, to be starched and stiff and Very sort much. of give off self-importance. And so I didn't know what would fall from that tree, but I didn't expect its analysis to be very far from the way his father analyzes games or like sports while also having all of the analytic elements that you must to have that kind of expertise so like I was yeah I was blown away pretty early that he was able to make fun of himself it didn't take a whole lot more than that that he didn't seem to be taking himself very seriously (laughs) I think what's what's funny about Sims for me with that whole thing is we know that Phil is actually a lot more like Chris than what everyone's seen. Like, we have him on the secretly. show. No, secretly. Yeah, secretly. But he's been no, trying to no, pull it no, out of no, him But you for guys years. will understand this, though. This, you guys will totally understand this. Like, throughout my career, I've always been frustrated by the Phil Simses of the world who had to conceal their personalities oh, in the name of the job at when I would have wanted to see the, the secret side or the, or the side that, that was jocular, relatable, human in the locker room, but they turn them into robots. Yeah. Right. No, we talk do. about the time. We just say that we we are uh, well, are showing our bias as being unbiased. Well, and what, a lot of people can't comprehend that's that. Cool. What what makes them robots? So I, I'm just totally just off the top of my head right now. Like what I mean, I, I you think, tell us. Well, I think what makes my dad a robot is he's had everybody. He's got an ego to a fact where oh, I'm super. I'm Phil Sims. I'm Super Bowl winning quarterback. And everybody voice, tells him yeah. how great he is and everything like that. And you get used to people wanting to like you and things like that. We had this kind of conversation with Tom Brady a little bit uh, uh, the other day. Right. But the, the pressure. I don't know what fame. it is. I don't. I don't even know what I'm talking and about. That's right why now, I think saying... he ended up like this. Oh, okay. Because I think he watched all those people talk shit behind his dad's back and then shake, and he went, "Well, none of that matters." Mm-hmm. And that's why I think he ended up just being like, 
I'm just going to tell it like it is 100%. Well, and it's so weird to, to me. It really is weird to me, as it has been for throughout every step of my career, that that in this department would somehow be unique. It's crazy to me. Right, right. It is cra- wild. How right. is that fucking possible? I was talking to someone, uh, his cousin last night, and I said, the thing that I like about how your brain works is that I feel like you've been in so many roles of media and you've witnessed, there's only a limited amount of stories that can be told in sports. The unlikely hero, the deafening defeat, all that stuff. I feel like you've seen all of it. You've seen it presented a few way, and you've just reached the point where you go, why are we asking that question? Mm-hmm. Why are we telling that story? story you, mm-hmm. you're now thirty thousand feet mm-hmm. and i i not enough people are at that level which is Man, weird you guys i can't tell you how weird this conversation I is <laughs> no no i can't tell you how weird this conversation is for me because i've not spoken in these terms about our show in any way to anybody i i don't think i can articulate or understand or take credit for the amount of uh, stickiness our show has on you where you care about the things that you're asking me about. I'm, I mean, it's hugely flattering, man. Yeah. That you no, guys... no, but we saw you in action today, so you could sit here and be like Johnny Humble yeah, Pie all the sure. fuck you I, I want, swear, but man. I just saw you. I know what you did today. EPM. I mean, you did it. You, you produced Highly Questionable, and you're sitting there doing the radio show, and we're, you're talking to me on how to close out the show. And then you're getting makeup we're doing well, in between the so radio show. Like, you're... That's some... You're dealing awesome. with your vaginal bleeding on your left hand, right, so right. all those well, things are I, issues. I, I just, I, I just, I just. <laughs> what happened to the hand? I, I don't even know uh, the story. I had surgery. I had surgery. Well, Tom Brady. No, I was, uh, I was uh, doing back bends in the. Uh, I was doing back bends in a <laughs> hotel lobby. Yes, I was doing back bends in a hotel lobby. And yes. I, the column. No, I'm not making this no, up. No, I know. I, I heard. I was grabbing the column and I sort of slipped, and then oh my my my, uh, my hand hit the floor. Then there was a lesion on it, and evidently, you know, I was trying to pop it because it started to inflate uh, oh my, my vagina, my vaginal wound. Yes, Thank you. yes. Uh, uh, um, yes. You got to be careful with some of that language. You got to be. Uh, he, he, they tell him all the time. At the risk, yeah. at the risk of being the, oh, the, the, the joy police, uh, the joke police. But I have this lump on my palm, and they say that it's a very sensitive area. That, that you can't have just any kind of surgery and they had to take it out. So Man. it's not an interesting story, but that's why I had the first surgery. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, no, it was probably boring. So guys. anticlimactic. Yeah, it really was. It was. Yeah. I wish I had a big punch, you know, a big punch line. I could fix it for you if you guys want. I, uh, you know, I slapped my producer today when he made a mistake with my left hand and it sliced my hand open. I was trying to figure out what emotion you had when he put Tom Brady at four and I was like reading your face and I couldn't figure it out. What was that? Well, no, I at that point, like we'd made just an absurdity of the whole thing that I was just along for the ride because I didn't want to play the straight man. You realize that at four? You yeah, didn't see that? Yeah, like, no, no, no. I didn't want to play the straight man anymore. I mean, I've, we've, we've, we've been not in and out of it, but not like that. Not yeah. like you guys did today. So I was like, okay, we'll go along for the ride now so I don't have to be the guy always tethering the show with uh, the non fun. Yeah. <laughs> the no the no fun league. Uh, all right, let, we're not going to keep you here forever. We know you got other shit to do. Uh, the the thing I want to know like little things because like I'm trying to grow my relationship, our brand, The Sims and Leftco. Oh yeah. How, how do you it. balance your off 
Mike relationship with Stu Gatz? Texting, calling, hanging out, Chris what it may be. Too much. He's my work wife, and I, he likes to talk before the mm-hmm. podcast starts and do the mm-hmm. whole podcast before then. So how do you balance that? Wow, that's interesting. Uh, you, guys, <laughs> you guys care in an unusual way. Uh, Stu Gatz and I did all that work on the front end, probably when we were about your age mm-hmm. or not, not that far after, right? When we were first starting, that's where the work was in building the friendship. Whatever right. the friendship would be was going to be what the work was going to be. And so we were building that through chemistry, through loving each other, through uh, life experiences. And so at this point, we've got our own lives. Yes. But along the path, what happened is that we became friends. And so the communication wasn't with partners or comedy teams or any of that stuff. It was just like everything that you see around us is a bunch of friends working together. It, really it's, it was very important to me always. I've, they still make fun of me about this at PTI, 15 years, in my voice. Uh, I just want to work with my friends. <laughs> like, and so that's, yeah, that's what but, we're doing in every aspect now. Uh, how do you do, the, this is the last, last thing I'm going to ask so you can, you can get out of here. he's got three more. No, well, it's going to be a long I, one. I so. am in no hurry. Okay, like, I don't know yeah, how I don't know podcast. what you're doing. I don't, I don't know. know. I just want, I don't it's wanna, on demand. I feel bad, live. but either way. So I, please don't. Okay, fine. Um, the the other thing is, I'm I'm fascinated by okay. When I listen to you, not that I always agree with every opinion you've ever had in the history of your show, but the one thing I always tell people, especially about you, is the fact that your opinions are always very well thought out and fact based. My big thing is just how do you follow everything? How do you follow sports? I'd love to know a little mm-hmm. bit, just without telling us maybe anything you don't mm-hmm. want to. Your inner workings of when you leave here for the day, how do you keep up with sports and how do you do that? I think I think you guys, and, and thank you for this, it's flattering, but I think you guys are giving me too much credit eh. as if there was some sort of thing. And I, I swear, this is not false modesty. Yeah. We have a lot of help. I mean, you see, we've yeah, got the fattest right. radio show in America. Nothing like this exists anywhere. We've got a lot of people producing, know their roles, who get me the information to make me look on occasion like I'm more informed than I am. Uh, but I am not leaving here and researching and there's not a design to what it is that we're doing here other than yeah my friends our friendships were all working to buoy each other yes. and you guys were in the middle of it today and you saw how it works yeah. because it's not a, and very few people understand this and very and fewer would articulate it you guys sat today as people who get what we're doing why we're doing it the spoof the caricature and find the rebellion and the inspiration in it you guys sat in the middle of the music and you guys got to see how each of those people played their instruments, all of them to make me and Stugatz look better than we actually are. I almost think it's better when you don't know. I think it's better when you're out there and I get the levitard, wait, 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 what? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. Like, I heard them say a few days ago that you're, are you on social media at all? Are you? No, I haven't been. Like, so his question: I'm not paying. I'm paying next to no attention. It to makes the show better that you're not paying world. attention because awesome. you're. It's genuine curiosity. You're not feigning it. You're not going. I watched that game. Wait, what happened last night? Wow. So no, I am watching nothing right now, and my life has been you. a lot freer and I'm happier sure. for the last three months. Because every time I come in here, I'm not strangling it with whatever my thoughts are on on content. Everyone else gets to do their job. And I swear to you guys, it is not false modesty. What you're witnessing now, after many, many, yeah. many years, is is a whole lot of people booing me and what we do. It's Wait. not me as an orchestra leader. It's me as, as a grandpa just sort of watching everybody work after 15 years of, of, of creating this fruit. When did you do that removal of social media? Was there an impetus to that? 
Um, That's a the, big word. There was there was we'll an impetus that, to that. that. That's um, Stugatz's seventieth best word, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just I, I I just tried to clear my head. I was tired all the time, and when the new year came, I'm just like I want out. For oh, it was a, while. a resolution. So, yeah, like I just yeah just I want out for a while, and then I found myself less tired. And my guess is, if you chronicle it as the most zealous people around our show would, <laughs> you'd find an appreciable difference between what our show became on January whenever we came back and what it's been since right there. Like anybody who's been listening to us for a long time has seen that what you guys were in the middle of today is a new evolution of of everyone playing the music better. Like our show has been better over the last six months than it's ever been. What is next for- No I'm, problem, I wanna, no problem, Dad. I wanna ask you this question. Glad well, I made the ratings better. <laughs> what do you see as the future for Mike? Because I think he is like a genius and I'm just watching him pull the strings back there and I'm going, I mean, maybe this is, because what you guys have right now, it's never going to be duplicated, and I hope you guys have the longest run possible. Mm-hmm. But there, he's got the juice, man. Yeah, and and that's and now he's empowered to go use it because we finally have support mm-hmm. and popularity that you need. Like now, he will have real and legitimate power. We will fight for it. We'll get it in negotiations so that he can become an executive who affects content at ESPN yeah like yeah. he he that's the whole idea when we were hired when we were hired at ESPN the idea of it was because I never wanted to work there is um, I, God I remember this so clearly it's so funny before we went to ESPN uh, we were making fun on local radio just having fun goofing off probably doing what you guys are sure. doing a lot and it just right. feels so good because it's the beginning beginning stages and you're learning something and it was it was just a crazy time inspirationally where you're just having fun and figuring out how to, how to grow things and I didn't want to go work for ESPN I did not want to do it and Stu Gatz and Mike Ryan wanted to do it and so what we have now is they pushed me along the path to get us where we are now which is, is a successful brand because back then somebody said when we said maybe I'll go to ESPN maybe I'll go to ESPN and we can change the culture there a little bit. Right. Shake the cages, just see if we can do that. And a text came in, and I will never forget it. Really, change the culture there, Levitard, really. Keith Oberman works there, and compared to you, he's Henry David Thoreau. Man, who's, can you tell us who sent that text? They, no, it was just a text, it was just, oh, I love, I uh, love the insults right, of the, right, um, oh, but, the texter, but, gotcha. but, right, but, it, but, but how great is it that we've actually been able to do it and now that it's yes. successful and they see, look, we outsource this fun and whoa, it's sticky with young people. Now Mike, now Michael gets some real power to do things, hopefully. Right. I th- well, I think that's sort of been like the underlying current of ESPN is that when they outsource the fun, that's when amazing shit happens. It's weird to me and it'll forever be weird to me. Like not know? even ESPN, like can you go to like a global scale when you have a company and they're like, we want to create something unique and they put something to it, they almost kind of strangle it. But when they allow creativity to exist in its own vacuum and they support it from afar, like that's kind of why I think what's happening at Bleach Report. That's why he's smiling right now because we've been building for a few years now. Bleach Report's like, we're excited to get behind you. And I love them for that. But there is that weird relationship. And I'm sure it's like parenting too. You can't helicopter. You got to let it be. And then it becomes its own thing. But 
Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. You yeah. just like that, how he's doing that? No, That's why I have a smile, because he's answering his own questions and saying mm-hmm. it. And, mm-hmm. Yes, he's telling you, Dan. I just want the Levitard's <laughs> nod of approval, and I got it. Uh, so you, if you got it. back mm-hmm. off, I would really appreciate it. It was uh, a moment. It felt good, and you're stepping off. Tell me how the fuck you ever got with Stugatz, okay? Where, where is it? Because Stugatz kind of told yeah, us the story a little bit, but I want to know... You basically, yeah. he said, you basically said, I'm not going to do the show unless you do it with me, and he was going to have to get off his own show. What did you see in him Ooh, to um, go? Oh, this, this Stugatz, Stugatz was um, Stugatz invented the whole thing, right? Like Stugatz introduced us to this. I was at the time, the local radio station was doing what they probably were to your dad during those times on the New York radio stations. They were just crushing me and the Miami Herald all right. the time. Everything I wrote, Can you believe he wrote this? everything what I wrote, idiot. yeah, what and just we were the kind. Content for them every day. Right. And so Stugatz appears one day and says, Hey, Dan, how'd you like to be your own content? Yeah. Like, how, like, how, and I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. We could go fight. We can go fight instead of just me doing their work for them. And, and then, then they, they go in you. and they do the right. radio show, lazily take calls. What do you think about what Levitard right, wrote? Right. What a jackass and an asshole. And, and, and so, and yeah. They were, were true, but go ahead. Yeah, right. Yes. That's correct. <laughs> and then we started, uh, we started growing, uh, fun and they called the sissy boy radio and at every turn they said what we do is silly and awful and sophomoric and yeah and stugatz along that path right as we were learning what we were doing and i was sort of forcing my sensibilities on him uh that character became real and we became friends he is someone who is far more of an ape when i met him than even what you see now. Like, and I think he'd tell you that himself. Like, his opinions were received. I was receiving his opinions for the first time, and they were laughably bad opinions. Yeah. Like, they were strident, you know, Mike Lupic on Sports Reporter's opinion given, yeah. but there was nothing in them. Like, it was just garbage, and he knows it. Yeah. And, and so he just started to learn more and more about himself, who he really is. And wait a minute, I don't have to do this on television the way everyone else does, taking myself this seriously. Yeah. There's a path over here is the court gesture of course and the least taken path seems to guarantee me more money so i'll go down that path instead of being just another one of the gas bags on espn doing what all the others are i have walked around new york many times i've been in miami and i see the artwork and i see lebo and i am embarrassed to say that last night was the first time i realized that that was your brother like are you sure though i think you might have that wrong that might is that not keith herring like i don't know i'm not an arts guy i don't know i don't think my brother has a lot of uh a lot of art in New York. No, I, I know. Feel, well, I feel like I've just consumed art and then seen the Lebo, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, like you see it in mm-hmm. the night. I don't even remember where it was, mm-hmm. but that you are so tuned into the culture. How how much did he impact, and what he's doing impact not only your love for Miami, but just that whole creativity. I mean, my brother and I, um, like, how, that's, how old is the brother? My brother's forty five. Okay, and he is a an enormous creative force and he is vastly more artistic and more open-minded than I am and freer just generally emotionally in every way freer and so along our paths you know I remember when I'd be writing all night an article 12 hours he'd spend that time on his bed drawing his left hand the entire time all night to craft this thing and so I would say you'll see his influence on everything I do in everything I do 
Um, and he also keeps me young in ways I can't be because I don't even understand why you guys are here, man. I'm 49 years old. Yeah. Like, I don't understand when I go by that pool party why people would want to take pictures with me. I swear to you, this isn't false modesty. I don't get it. I shouldn't mm. be young. So the only thing keeping me young would be my younger brother in this environment of, of free of, of freedom, artistic freedom. Man, this is just such a great place to work. Gosh. <laughs> I was totally distracted before it was through God. So, I mean, it was just one girl walking by. Hey, no, but it used to be. No, you guys, if you guys had caught us in the glory days of right. this particular nonsense from three to seven, you would see women dancing on stilts and oh, body painting man. up here. And, and like this is, this right here is much tamer. The glory hall days, be. huh? It the old was, glory wait, hall days? what? Wait, wait, what? Why did you, what? Why'd you go there? The glory hall days. Unnecessary. That's 13th Street. I know that because people have told me. <laughs> oh, sure. That's why. What? I didn't even know that. The glory hole days. That's what are you like talking my favorite about? Why did you insert the week? glory holes in the middle of what we're talking <laughs> because about? Because of my man, Jerry Jones. You saw that clip last What is the him? matter with you? Hold no. on a second. You haven't seen the Jerry Jones glory hole clip? What? You guys got to look this up. I'm just telling you. I'm the first one ever. I mean, this is the first time ever I'm like letting you know yeah. social media shit, okay? He is giving a speech about how he wants the glory days to come back, but he must have just got done watching Pornhub. <laughs> And he goes, I want, I want me some glory hall. I no, want me not. some glory hall. I don't. I believe that is not a song. You're, yeah, you're totally making that. It's up. not a song. He said, No, that is not true. <laughs> that can't be true. I'm going to look it up. Okay? It can't be true. So How is that possibly true? Accurate. Yes. Hold on one second. Are you positive? I'm a hundred percent. Jerry Jones is out here making glory hole jokes. <laughs> yes, it happened like in training camp last year. You're saying it's happened twice now? No. Here we go. I'm, it's pulled up. It's coming. Here Why it are you the first? Why are you not uh, car car carving a niche in which you do investigative reporting on this? <laughs> story as your next career yeah. he's too focused on global warming and traffic issues in new york Those and, are and things america's that... a racist country that's, yeah. that would that's, be that's his favorite one. part about your show yeah. is the popovich clip yeah yes. that really wow yes the the, the popovich <laughs> the five well, i second love popovich but, but the I love favorite that. part of your show is that greg popovich says that america is racist at the yes. end of our show we yes. usually go on about 12 minute rants about the <laughs> issues what facing is the our... matter with you guys <laughs> a lot what I mean, is the matter i don't know where to start we don't know i how don't care about our show the way you guys care about our show well you've pulled me in i, I hold on i gotta reconnect to the damn network here dude you're gonna you miss glory hole okay the glory hole that's days. right you could you can just let's in the future you could text me whatever it is that this story was that okay, would prove fine. you right about glory yeah, holes. Yeah. it's very important <laughs> you're really locking it's up. very important that you be important uh, be right on all right i'm gonna ask one more serious Go question ahead. then i'm gonna be done with serious questions when you unmask something there becomes like a new truth, right? And I feel like you, oh, he does. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones wants some glory hole. Uh, let's right. Just there go, Pine. They need to hear it. This is great. Right this is great. right there. That's somebody getting done. That's a corporate computer. He just typed up glory hole. I hope Bleacher Report has good lawyers. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll be all right. I've said worse. I don't think there's a plug in here. Oh. All right, we're going to go back to the beginning. Please do. This is live. Come on, we can't keep Dan forever here, okay? This is live? Yeah, you're you're being broadcast right now. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. All right, so Sim says that Jerry Jones mentioned Glory Hole. Nikki G has gone and found that uh, audio. I think it's part of leadership is to have some of the guys that have gone before that, uh, that have accent. been disappointed uh, to share it with everybody involved. For me, it's a reminder. 
I too have been here 23 years. Watch this. This is and, great. And uh, it is a reminder. I've been here when it was glory hole days, and I've been here when it wasn't. And so, having said that, it gets better. Uh, Keep listening. I, I want me some glory hole. <laughs> Wait, it gets better. Hold on. So I have that perspective. They try to fix it for him. Watch. Rich Darlimple, the head of their. Oh no no, it's over. That clip. It's is over. over. Oh. If you watch the extended clip, the head of the media for the Dallas Cowboys comes out and goes, he tries to make an excuse and says, just so you all know out there, glory hole is a phrase that's very common in the oil drilling business. And Jerry goes, well, that'd be the first time I've heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. No, that was That felt spontaneous. That is good. That's good. What are you doing? That's funny. Yeah. Anytime you could just lob glory hole content in people, follow that. Follow, follow it. that. Follow it into the sun. That and being in the pubes hotel room, it's phenomenal. Yes. It's awesome. Uh, my my serious last question was just the unmasking. When you reveal that second truth, that everything that everyone at your company has done is a little bit of a caricature, and they don't realize it. Do you feel like it's all going to shift? Like, can can your show actually become the new normal? Oh, no, we'll probably get left behind there unless the young people keep us young. Like, that's how we'll become old. We'll become old because we'll get passed by by all the other people who have brighter minds and and, and now have a path that has been blazed so they can do it that way. I think the content at ESPN is going to change a lot in I the next so 10 yeah. years. It has to, I would think. I think right. the content everywhere is is going to go through like a crazy metamorphosis. Yeah, like, and this is going to be like such, it's going to seem like such an antiquated model, the way that uh, the way that we were doing it. Yeah, that happened fast in real time because I don't, I do not believe when you think about what's happened at ESPN with, uh, with the content, like the amount of money ESPN was making over these last few years, like you could have been making Game of Thrones, yeah, right? Whatever Game of Thrones, imagine Game of Thrones of sports, right? Like what would like that Game be? Game of Thrones on Bleacher Report. What would it be? Like what would it be? Imagine if sports had some sort of epic thing that represented the best in sports entertainment television ever. Like what is that? What yeah. represents the greatest piece of sports art? we've ever known and why aren't the content companies making that because they were making an awful lot of money yes yeah they like counting the checks i mean good god guys like you know hiring sports writers to gas back on television is not the highest end of the economic content model and like the reason we got into sports radio is because of how low that bar was Mm -hmm. like it's like really okay this is the lowest bar of entertainment it's going to be a uh host taking callers and the callers are going to do the show in their cars driving around because they think this thing about the Eagles. Right. Can we jump over that in terms of entertainment? That's how low the bar is. Did but it now, beat writing? Like when you, when you started doing it at first, did you think, I made a mistake here. I should go back to the no, damn column. No, you know what? What Writing is so lonely, guys. Like right. You guys are on the same path. You guys are on the same kind of path that we were on a long time ago. Um Writing is lonely, and I needed to do something that wasn't lonely because while it was the most fulfilling thing I was doing for 10 years, I was unhappy because I wasn't sharing it with anybody. And so I go to PTI, and we start doing PTI on television, and it wasn't doing PTI on television that was fun. What was fun is being in the newsroom before we did PTI and everybody just fucking around. Right. And so... I said to myself in there with the producers of what is now our television show, right. like f- friends of 15 years, I said in there, how do, how, how do we create that? Mm. Right. How do we create that? And so, and so we did it. You did it. Like we did it with Stugatz and we did it with Mike Ryan and we did it with Billy and we're, yeah, with Allison, with everybody. So it's just, 
Yeah, it's been crazy to watch. Thank you for taking care of Sims. For I'm going to miss you, months. man. No, thank you for taking care of us. Thank you for, for fanboying for us, really. I don't <laughs> say that with false modesty, man. It's hugely flattering. I've never done anything like this. I don't even know what we're doing. I'm not talking about the podcast. Yeah. I'm talking about the idea of you guys are asking a different level of question from what it is that, about what we do. When, when I sit down to talk to somebody, it's almost always to perform. It's never to talk about the nuances of this thing that we created yeah, right. that, people, that has influenced people. Good. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what we want to do. We, I didn't, was, we I, didn't want to hear your take on LeBron James one more time. No, leaving it's interesting. Miami. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So, I, I remember yeah. the first time that I even discovered you was in an ESPN magazine, and I tried to find it before. And you had written something about Warren Sapp and the way in which we react to Warren Sapp. And I'm pretty sure it was like in the early 2000s. And I remember I got done and I was like, how have I never thought about the human that is Warren Sapp before? And I think the thing that you do is... You're the human that's Warren Sapp. Did you hear that? Well, Sim, Sim <laughs> says that he knows when I like someone when I say the phrase, I like the way his brain works. I like the way Levitard's brain works. And I said that one day and Sims was like, oh, fuck. Oh, he Sims loves Levitard. Likes Levitard. <laughs> but my thing is, I think you're a really good question asker. And the one thing that I've definitely stolen from you is when someone starts to react, I go, no, what was that? That's your move, and I, I'll, I'll credit to you from here on out. But to, to stop someone when to stop someone when they're when you know that they're not giving you the juice, but that little eye flinch, that mm -hmm. was it. Mm -hmm. And well, I just, but that's because that's for the audience because the, the I'm, my, I'm not beholden to the celebrity on the line. I'm beholden yeah. to entertaining the audience that's listening to me and that celebrity. So if that celebrity is no good, it's my job and Stugatz's job and Mike's job and everybody to make him better. We are always beholden to the audience. Yeah. Denzel Washington comes on our show. You are here to entertain the audience, not right. to chill your product. Yeah. In exchange for entertaining our audience you can show your product yeah but you better come on here and be good or yeah. or you're going to get called on it you're not going to allow you're not going to be allowed to bore our audience for eight minutes i mean your shit with manfred was amazing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. commissioner i mean you you protect your city you protect your show and you protect your fans it's dope. I don't, but i don't get that man like what's so hard what is so hard about asking like think about what we're talking about that's viewed as some sort of crusading what is so hard about asking a sports suit a question uh, when you know he's full of shit? Well, yeah, that's what it is. Like, though. he doesn't get to trample you when he's full of shit just right. because you're going to be polite. Right. Yeah. Like, I, the, but that's our world. I think that's the answer. It's just, uh, there's a lot of full of shit in the world right now. I don't even know that's just my. That would but be I mean, my... I don't. That you guys would think that that Manfred thing is something special when a guy comes in to do an interview and does the single worst interview in the history of commissioner interviews just loses his cool and lies and if it wasn't a lie then it was like you weren't too incompetent to know it's like yeah, that right. casino scene with robert de niro and the guy in the slots either where you're like, in on it or yeah either yeah. you're in on it or you're too dumb to know the difference you're out or yeah, whatever yeah. the thing is yeah, like right. um get out of here man like that that was no tough journalism thing there was just that was simply i had the truth on something somebody was telling saying something that i knew to not be true by documented by journalism no, you don't just, you're not polite yeah. there. But no. my Yankees are going to be so good. Oh, so good. So good. So we fun. We stole yeah. the Marlins' yeah. best yeah. player. Oh, gonna, Thank yeah. you, Derek Jeter. He's Thank gonna, you. He's going to ravage New York. Yeah. Oh, good shot. He's going to be popular. Yeah, we're going to see him out. Man, keep living your truth. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you, dude. Thanks for having us. Thanks yeah. for letting thanks, us use yeah, the space. For all on. of it. You, the man. Guys, thank you. That was it, honest to God. It was very flattering. I don't cool. understand uh, the the tug we have on you, but thank you for supporting us that yeah, way. You, the man. Thanks, sir. Thanks.